Welcome into Dragon Ball Super Dope. My name is Kyle. Thank you for checking this out. This might technically go out in the month of September, but in my brain right now, we are still in the midst of anniversary month, five years for Super Dope this August. So we're doing a special set of episodes with different content creators that I love. That's what this month is shaped up to be. Uh, this week, a little bit different, like origin story for how this show got booked. Um, Jackson White of uh, Rebel HQ, TYT. Welcome, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. It's, it's awesome to be here. I, I've been looking forward to doing more kind of not uh, as political type of talks with people because, you know, there's just so much more going on in life and also through art, which is really what this is, an expression. You know what I'm saying? So much of what we are uh, can be found in it. So that's one of the things that I really, I think, as I understand it, what draws me to anime um, just because of how much is really going on in it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm excited so, yeah, to talk I, with you about some anime tonight, but I kind of want to give like the backstory. If anybody doesn't follow us on Instagram or see the video that happened, Jackson uh, will sometimes co-host the Damage Report with John Idarola on TYT Network on YouTube and Twitch. And last week, because the Dragon Ball Super Superhero movie was coming out, people in the chat started asking some questions if either of them had plans to go see the movie. And then I usually get to watch the show live. I work for myself at home, so like if I'm working during the day. I'll usually throw it on TV, but like I heard Dragon Ball, my ears perk up. And then my new friend Jackson here is like, Dragon Ball is actually kind of garbage. So I was like, hey, man, I know that. OK, I don't need you to tell me that. And I hopped in the comment section and I was like, hey, man, we know. And uh, by the way, you sound like you uh, know your Dragon Ball a little bit. We should talk sometime. And like, here we are a week, week and a half later doing it, talking yep. about Dragon Ball. But uh, I, I feel like this episode will be some Dragon Ball stuff. I do feel like we need to get your Dragon Ball opinions out into the open here for me and my audience. But I also want to talk to you more about anime uh, in general, because you then listed off a list of like uh, better old school anime. And I was like, oh, shit, man, this kid knows his anime, too. This is great. We need to talk about this. Yeah. Hell yeah. So let me ask you, I usually do like the getting to know you kind of questions like Dragon Ball style, favorite this, favorite that. But before we even do that, in terms mm -hmm. of your origin story with either anime or dragon ball z i don't know if you have a very specific memory for the dragon ball z first time you watched it yeah. but uh i just start watching anime in the first place so um my dad really is who kind of brought me into uh the anime world and actually my, my parents are a bit older i'm 30 my 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 dad's 72 so i i you know naturally learned a whole lot from him you know what i'm saying just in yeah. terms of him just being older and stuff but one of the things he's always been into like you know comics and he grew up like in the golden age of comics and stuff like that so like you know like i kind of was always exposed to like dc type of stuff he's more into dc than marvel um and definitely anime uh, i remember in 99 when the matrix came out he was watching it real early in the morning and i was watching it with him but uh, you know what I'm saying? I think the I think the very first anime I ever saw actually was uh, the original Ghost in the Shell. Oh that yeah, came man. out in the '90s. I yeah, I got that the, on VHS somewhere around my feet over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and, and it came out a while ago. And um, even way back in the in the day, you know, I was young and I couldn't really understand like all the concepts. Just really, it, it just was interesting. Like it just seemed like there was a lot going on. You know what I mean? Like there was kind of a lot to like, it felt like there was some deep stuff happening that I just couldn't grasp. Yeah, it was a cartoon, but like for whatever reason, I felt like a more grown up version of a cartoon yeah. for, for whatever. Re I mean, that movie specifically, yes. But like 
I don't know. I feel that way about anime in general sometimes. I guess they do have like yeah. that cutesy little kid shit, but they do for whatever reason feel maybe it's because like shonen anime being so prevalent, especially in the States, like the idea of so much violence and fighting, it's like, ooh, yeah. This is way better than American cartoons, you know? Yeah. And also too, I think um I, I noticed early on that there's just stuff you can do in with cartoons and anime that you just can't really do with live action as well. You know what I mean? Like, there's just levels that you can take, you know, um, animation that you just, it just is kind of goofy with live action, really. It just doesn't really work. Yeah. Um, and then shortly after Ghost in the Shell, I remember uh, I saw Ninja Scroll. That's and, some violent uh, shit, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, violent and, and very sexual as well. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, no, nah, but still very, you know, um, trend setting. And in terms of Dragon Ball, and as much trash as I talk about Dragon Ball, I mean, let's be serious. It's basically the greatest anime series ever created. Oh, my God. This, like, what, five minutes into the conversation, I already got you to flip. This is a win for me. I, I mean, well, well, it, it's, it, it's, it, I, I'm, that's kind of some of why, like, you know, I'll, I'll get out kind of what I mean when I say, you know, because what I mean with just my critiques with it. But, I mean, let's be serious. Like, Dragon Ball really kind of created the first of all power scaling you know what i'm saying and then also just like just that intense fighting you know what i mean in that story verse where there's kind of like all this magical stuff going on and these super powerful beings and it was like different than kind of superman because it wasn't like you know like peace and justice in america you know what i'm saying like yeah um, so I think actually I, I, I saw Dragon Ball Z before I saw Dragon Ball because Dragon Ball came out in the 80s, right? Yeah, anime started in 86 and then Z started in 89. What happened was they brought it to America. They did like the first 13 episodes of OG Dragon Ball at first. And yeah. then they were like, this is actually moving kind of slow. It's not resonating. Let's just skip to the beginning of Dragon Ball Z because that shit's pretty wild. And we think, you know, 10 year old boys will love it. And Honestly, to see Dragon Ball Z first, where we in Japan, it's probably like very rare. Um, although, I mean, we are 30 years removed from it now. So either way, in America, it's super common to have experienced Dragon Ball Z first before OG Dragon Ball. Have you gone back to watch OG Dragon Ball? I actually haven't seen all of it all the way through. I'm most familiar with Dragon Ball Z and everything after. But um, I think when I first was brought into Dragon Ball Z, I think I was like third or fourth grade or something like that so, somewhere around there and it was i remember it was like somewhere in the middle of the boot the boo saga yeah and um that makes sense so then i kind of went backwards around that time so like somewhere between like the third and fifth grade around there and then i think since i kind of came into it at that point whenever i would look at dragon ball being that age it wasn't as interesting to me you know what i'm saying like it's like going you- from like I actually just talked about this last night or the night before on another podcast. It's because, man, we're in middle school and we're thinking about women more and we don't want to be associated with Dragon Ball Z, at least not like on the surface level. That's my theory behind it. Well, well, I, I was saying it from from that perspective, but like I was saying, like from like Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. So like by the time I got into Dragon Ball Z, I think it was just more uh-huh. interesting than Dragon Ball the show mm. because there's just you know the dragon ball z is more violent it's more fast fighting they're more powerful you know what i'm saying um so i think that um you know 
as I got older and I started not necessarily just seeing like more anime, but also read it, just reading more books and learning about like how everything works, whether it be political systems, history, you know, physics, just cosmology, like just learning about stuff. And I think the more I got into that, the more I started to appreciate like things like good writing and like well thought out plots and character development, which is why I like Vegeta so much better than Goku. Yeah. And why I like Sasuke more than Naruto. You know what I'm saying? Like in terms of the characters, like because there's just so much more there. You know what I mean? Like it, so like st- stuff like that. Um, yeah. I get that. So like there's a lot more meat on the bone for a character like Vegeta, for sure. And that's actually kind of the point that you'd started to make when I chimed up and I was like, hey, man, what the hell? And that was yeah. like your response to it. You were like, actually, you know, I'm just so tired. My boy Vegeta just keeps getting disrespected. He's a way more interesting character. And I'm like, oh. We got to have this dude on the show. Yeah. yeah. So here we are today, but uh, let's do the the Dragon Ball Z favorites, right? So we'll say favorite character first. Is that Vegeta for you throughout the whole series? Absolutely. Ab- no doubt. And, and because, again, like when you really, you know, think about Vegeta like from an adult mind, you know what I'm saying? Like you fill in a lot of gaps and like think about like what his character really went through. You know what I'm saying? Like growing up and like having to be in such a violent world where he really got removed from what he knew and he didn't really have an identity. All it was was just strength, strength, strength. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And and now it's just like there's like none of them left. And what the hell now? You know what I mean? And like maintaining like his pride in, in who he is throughout everything he went through and still somehow, you know what I'm saying? He's he he works like he's just more passionate and dedicated and things like there's just more meat to him. Like you said, than Goku, Goku's just, and I think characters like Goku are necessary because you have like Goku, you have characters like Naruto that are more simple. They kind of just represent like goodness in a way and like just overcoming things. So like you kind of, you kind of need characters like that, but like Goku, you know, like after a while, once you see a lot, I think really kind of my frustration with with the writing really came in like the super arcs. Yeah. Because then it was just like, I mean, what what's really going on? Like it, it, it like the like the tournament, because it was like the tournament, that was cool, you feel me? But I think that uh and, and, you know, maybe we can uh, maybe sometime they will. But like it, maybe they'll make more movies where there's just like maybe a bit more of a complicated storyline going on where it's not just like okay they're gonna fight and whoever's the strongest is gonna win like you know which may you know that's not necessarily what dragon ball z is but that's not true because it has been that you know what i'm saying at the end of the day it's always gonna be a martial arts anime i mean i like og dragon ball a lot personally because they do a good job of balancing out the two aspects of dragon ball that i love the most the action and the comedy og dragon ball is fucking hilarious man (laughs) dragon ball z though stakes like sort of i mean sort of they get raised to these crazy crazy proportions and then it gets to a point where it's like this is what's you know resonating with the fans this like high drama violent sci-fi stuff so when super does come back i or when it did come back and we are still waiting for it to come back we're hoping early 2023 we'll see but when it did come back in 2015 i think that's probably one of its best accomplishments as a series where all the flaws in its writing and the seemingly pointless story arcs in a lot of ways because super's in this point where it's like 
the end of Dragon Ball Z isn't there yet. Like, we haven't met Oob. We haven't gone to that Tenkaichi Budokai. We're all just still in this time gap. And mm -hmm. so long as they never move out of that time gap, nothing's ever going to feel like it has, you know, real weight or consequence or something like that. But for all its flaws, Super does a great job making things funny and, you know, entertaining, interesting to watch. I mean, Tournament of Power... That was the flaw right at the start. It's like, well, I know that uh, Universe 7 is still around at the end of Dragon Ball Z, so I guess they're going to win, right? But yeah. week to week, like you really genuinely had no idea what was going to happen. So yeah. Um, yeah, modern day Dragon Ball is like a gift and a curse. Like I'm happy to have it back, but also it's not very good. Yeah, and I mean, considering how long Dragon Ball has been out and how much of it there is, I mean, you're going to have some stuff here and there that's not that great. You know I say I'm it saying? all the time. Like, There's more bad Dragon Ball than there is good Dragon Ball. That's just yeah, how I mean, it is. Yeah, I mean, you got like 30 plus years of, of, of content creation. You're going to have some stuff in there that is kind of going to be themed in a certain way and it'll phase out and then they'll do different type of stuff with it. You know what I mean? Because I mean, I don't, I see no reason why they'll stop creating new Dragon Ball stuff. You know it's a, I mean? it's like, a money printing machine for them. They've got no reason yeah. to want to stop it. And yeah, kind of like getting to what you just said, like hopefully they'll start to do something a little bit different. This most recent movie that came out, I think is an attempt at that while also playing on the fan service of the Red Ribbon Army is back and there's these new androids and oh my God, Gohan and Piccolo, they're the main focus this time. Like, so it, it seems like they're trying to, I hope anyway, going forward, like, it uh, won't surprise me if they immediately revert back to have it yeah. be the Goku and Vegeta show. But I hope they're testing the waters with movies like this to see what fans will watch, because I, I think we'll show up regardless. Like, you can give me a Goten and Trunks movie, dude, and I'm there. Yeah, and I mean, think about how much they could do with the Goten and Trunks. Even if it's not, a, I mean, like, I'm not sure, but like, I mean, they could have like a, I'm, well, I'm saying I'm not sure if it exists, but I mean, are there like whole go 10 and trunks manga series or no no they could do that if they want it weirdly there is uh there is this manga it's a spin-off technically it's called that time i got reincarnated as yamcha and like it's a shuisha <laughs> official product like the company who makes yeah. dragon ball is totally cool like they put this shit out and it's just about this kid who like dies one day and then wakes up in dragon ball z as yamcha and is like the strongest of all the characters somehow because he already knows dragon ball z he already went yeah. through the story of it. So he's like, oh, and this is what I, I got to do this now. And he like somehow makes Goku like a secondary character. You could make a whole ass. I won't want to call it a fan series because it is like an official product, but you could make a whole manga about that. You can make a whole manga about Goten and Trunks. That'd be cool to see. Absolutely. And, 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 and again, like just in terms of like, like, you know, not only it being a cash cow, there's there's no shortage of what they could do. There's no shortage of the stories they could write or the stuff that they could put together, which again is is good for the series itself. But but I I think out of all, I think the Frieza arc was definitely my favorite. Um, Does that mean he's your favorite villain as well? I would have to say so because I think at least from the top of my head, he there's kind of the most going on with him. He's the head of an empire. He comes from a base, a long line of nepotism and extremely powerful beings. Um, he's uh, just a rotten piece of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like to the core, like that's just who he is. You know what I'm saying? And 
but like you know he kind of he had like his um the Frieza force you know like he he had this federation where he had this whole scheme going on basically where not only did he rule over a lot of planets but he was basically selling them and and in um versus um not to say the other villains weren't interesting but you know like cell it's just like just a powerhouse destroy the earth you know what i mean like uh boo uh powerhouse destroy everything yeah. you know what i'm saying but I, I i like i like the boo saga more than i like the cell saga uh I think personally the, i think the cell saga is probably my favorite from like a total like a um you know looking at it from like a total perspective like it starts with the android stuff trunk shows up slices mecha frieza in half warns about yeah, the androids yeah, yeah. go to sell like that's some of my favorite dragon ball right there that was that was the shit Hell Ooh, yeah. i like the boo arc in the sense that i feel i mean this is largely due to the villain in that arc but it just gets a little bit goofier again and i love that shit like boo boo is terrifying like after he sheds the fat form and he's yeah, just that He's like little yeah. kid boo or tall boo who's absorbing everybody or the boo who throws up his fingers and literally destroys the entire earth all at once while he's standing on the lookout. Uh, but Frieza, I think I'm with you from like how well the arc is written. I think that's probably, I mean, the Saiyan saga with Vegeta, Nappa, Raditz, like that's really well written too to kick off. Dragon yeah, Ball Z. that is really well written too. That, but, that was really good because it totally they did a very good job at saying like, all right, guys, there's a whole lot more going on. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like they did a really good job with that. Especially after so, the end of Dragon Ball, uh, of the original Dragon Ball, it's like you met Demon King Piccolo and Kami-sama, the god of the earth, the uh, protector of the earth, whatever you want to call it. And then it's like, all right, well, where do we even go up from here? And this is something that Dragon Ball has done multiple times throughout its run. But I think one of the most notable times is at the beginning of Z where it's like, yeah, there's space aliens now, and Goku's got an evil brother, and uh, there's this other guy, Frieza, who just goes around destroying planets and selling them at, you know, a markup, probably. Um, it's, I think the Frieza saga benefits from having the Saiyan saga precede it. Like, I don't think the Frieza saga is as good as it is without all the good stuff that happened, Raditz, Nappa, Vegeta, but I think Frieza might have be the as best much. arc. It, yeah, uh, it, it wouldn't have meant as much. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I think from that, I think that's really just my perspective on why I like the Frieza arc it is because, and, and you're absolutely right too, the Saiyan saga really built up to that and made the Frieza saga mean something because it basically tied in like the whole story of like what Goku is, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like in his whole connection to the universe itself, which kind of makes Frieza in some ways, at least when it comes to the main characters of the show, the most meaningful villain. Because you just said something key, my friend. Question: Do you keep up with the manga at all? I don't, but I'd like to get into more into manga because I know it's great, and I know there's just a whole world of stuff that I'm that I haven't tapped into. Yeah, so but the I am I... aware that he came back. That Frieza <laughs> just came back. Yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> Have you seen the memes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He came. He well. He all all of a sudden he's well. He was in the hyperbolic time chamber for ten years, and yeah. now he's. Black Frieza. Yeah, and he just like put his hand through through a uh, gas or whatever. Dude, yeah. It was fucking metal. I mean, it was yeah. a terrible way from like a storytelling perspective to round out the arc because he yeah. just drops in in the last chapter of 22 chapters previous to this. All this crazy buildup is back and forth. And then it's like, and Frieza's like ever present in the arc in that they talk about him a lot. Eventually, the villain they're going to uh, fight at the end of this arc 
or that they did just fight at the end of the arc. They have a score to settle with Frieza. He's like another um, arm of Frieza's business. Like Frieza's back to doing the Frieza Four stuff, and he has this gang called the Hita Gang. It's like three brothers and a sister go off and do. I don't know. Generally speaking, other planet clearing stuff for him, so that way he can turn around and sell planets. So they like have this scheme to kill him. So like they talk about him a lot, but he's never fucking there. There's this whole other character who's like on a revenge quest, and it's like. I need to either see him get his revenge or see him truly come to peace with the fact that he doesn't need revenge, which he kind of does. But then Frieza shows up and just literally solves everybody's problems. Yeah. Kills both villains. Uh, then knocks out both of our main characters, Goku and Vegeta. Gives jobs to the recently unemployed Hita gang people because he needs a waitress and like a waiter or something or a bartender on his ship. Flies away. Just leaves everybody alone and like, nice guy Frieza arcs in common, dude. Like, you hit on it in the sense that the best representation of a villain in Dragon Ball is Frieza when you put him opposite of Goku and Goku's entire story. Frieza's the villain. And we didn't have him for so long in the at least canon material, or what's considered to be canon material. And then Dragon Ball Super comes back. They do a revival of F movie. Cool movie. Not really. Vegeta should have gotten the W there. That would have been the perfect way to end that movie. But they've since brought him back that movie, the Tournament of Power. He comes into the Broly movie, and now he's in this arc to save the day again. Like he as much as I love the character, a lot of people are sort of uh feeling Frieza fatigue. So Yeah. And that's know. the thing, too. That's the thing. And but again, that's I think it's e it's easy to solve. You know what I'm saying? Just hire some writers to write about different characters. You know what I'm saying? Like that's I wish they would. that's really yeah, that's really all they got to do. But um, but yeah. yeah, there's just there's so much there's so much they can do with it. But I yeah, man, it's just um absolutely Vegeta's 100% my favorite character in the whole show. Um Freeze is my favorite villain. I think he's the most meaningful villain. And uh I think the Freeze arc's my favorite and definitely I think you put it perfectly. The Sand Saga really without that the Freeze it wouldn't have meant that much. It just, yeah, man, yeah. wouldn't have been the same. First half of Dragon Ball Z is top tier shit, man. I love that. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you. I'm no tour. I'm like very open about it. I don't watch a ton of anime, either current or like even a lot of old stuff. Like I found Dragon Ball Z when I was like six years old, and I've just been tuned into that shit ever since. I'm 33, uh, and so it's been like a long time. It's like my comfort show. I have watched other animes, handful, maybe a dozen ish. But it sounds like you've watched a bunch of stuff. I want you to make me a recommendation on an anime that you think that I should watch. Because a lot of people pitch me on stuff and I'm just like, meh, I don't care. But you seem like a pretty persuasive dude. So I don't know. What should I watch uh, that's like in your sphere of anime that you enjoy? Well, there's a variety of stuff that I enjoy. And you've probably heard this before and you may have seen it. But in my opinion, one of the best written series I've ever seen is Death Note. Hell Have yes, you seen dude. Yes. That's one of the few it, where I'm like, why bother watching more anime it, after this? This is awesome. It's just, it was just like, because again, like considering the fact that there was like the complete opposite, you know, Dragon Ball, it's like, oh shit, they're beating the shit out of everything. They're blowing shit up. And it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like versus this, there's like none of that happening in just the game that's going on. I think, I, I think that was just, in my opinion, one of the best written 
shows of any type that I've ever seen. Um, there's, uh, let's see, what else is there? What's it called? Have you seen um, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood? I've actually never watched Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is pretty interesting, especially like once it kind of picks up. So basically like what they are, it's like there's this world that kind of technologically speaking, it's like they're like in like the... It's like steampunk kind of vibes, right? It, what, what'd you say? Who? Like steampunk kind of vibes, like sort kind of, of mechanically, like in terms of the but... Ti- yeah, the timeline. Like it's like very early 1900s, late 1800s. But like, who knows what year it is in this world? So basically, like, and there's you know there's regular people, but there's these kingdoms, and then the, there's these alchemists, and they have the ability to tap in and like do different type of stuff in terms of powers, like uh, making matter change. That you know, just like alchemy, that's basically all it is. So the yeah. alchemists they can do stuff with like rocks and metal and fire and stuff like that. And basically, what's going on is, um. This very old alchemist found this way to become more powerful, but that more that power was at the cost of many people's lives. So this evil, basically this evil spirit thing found a way to become, get into a human body. And he killed, I think, like, a, like 50 million people to do it or some crazy shit like that. Jesus <laughs> like, Christ, man. It was, it was insane. Like he killed like an insane amount of, like a whole like city state. I don't know if it was quite that. It was a lot of fucking people, bro. Yeah. And basically he set these plans into motion. The whole, at the end, it was like, okay, I did that and I became powerful. But now I'm going to do that again times 10. So, so, is this so you show arrive about, there. The show about capitalism, dude. <laughs> Well, I guess in some way it is, yes. But but base that's you that's where the show ends up. The premise of like the 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 villain of the show is basically he's trying to become a god. That's basically what he's trying to do. And and he basically is manipulating society and you follow this journey of these characters who are figuring out what's actually going on. You know, uh, how 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 the city that they work for was actually founded, who's behind it. Um, And there, you know, these a variety of these characters come out called. um, Well, they they were representative of the seven deadly sins, Okay, but they basically they came out and um, through them, you get to the main uh, villain of the show. The main uh, antagonist of the so show. So they're like the midi bosses leading up to the final fight of this guy who's sitting on the dead pile of uh, bodies, or pile of dead bodies, rather, uh, to be like uh, the most powerful man in the world, borderline god. Basically. So it, it's, 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 a, it's a pretty good show because it's, it, it's, there's a lot of fighting, and it's not kitty. Because one of my problems with a lot of animes is, my allergies are kicking in. One one of the problems with a lot of animes is uh they're just kind of like they're good but like eh you know yeah. it's like they're kind of cheap like they're just kind of like quick projects like like for me, for me like I haven't seen a ton of Demon Slayer but I've seen some of it and it's like yo I'm so happy that you just said that that's literally my reaction to that show I watched the first yeah, season like, of it after my friends beating the shit out of me to watch it all the time and I'm like it's fine. It's like, like it looks. It's not- it looks very nice, and like there are some cool little characters. But like I've seen similar kind of character archetypes throughout a million other anime. So it's like, 
I don't know. I, I get why people like it, but also it's like, yeah, like you said, meh. Yeah, it's like, eh, it's cool. But uh, yeah, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, it, it, it's just, it's a pretty interesting show. The fighting's really cool as well. That definitely helps. But it's actually, it's, it's, it's well written. It's just, it's pretty cool. Like the way they go about everything. It, it's interesting. So um, brother, Brotherhood is like, um, like a truncated version of the original series, right? Full Metal Alchemist and then Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood's like a a 2.0 sort of like a retelling. Is that a basically? Good way to say it? It's like it's so it's basically the same thing, but there's a little more. You know what I'm oh, saying? There's like more the, the, instead of less. Okay. Like the deluxe version. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. basically, because I remember I watched Full Metal Alchemist. I didn't watch it all the way through because I was like, this seems like the same. You know what I'm saying? So I just stopped watching it. So I don't know sense. how much exactly it is, but I remember I started to watch it and it was like pretty much the same thing. Huh? But you, yeah, you know roughly, Alchemist. you know roughly how many episodes I might have. Okay, if you don't, I can check like it out. Thirty something, I think. Really? Is it that short, dude? That's actually a, a, a an attainable watch for me. That that's what makes me like so hesitant to start a lot of anime. Like sometimes you get like a, like even Death Note. Like I think that's thirty six, thirty seven episodes. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, well. I almost said it's like uh, tragically short, but thinking about the second season of Death Note, maybe it could have ended at that time or a little bit sooner. Either way, man, there's so many um, like high barriers to entry to get into certain animes, and I'm just like, eh, I'm all set, yeah. man. I'm not watching 700 episodes or 900 episodes of One Piece. I'm I'm sure One Piece now, is I cool, think but well, I think that because I've started to, I think I've watched up to like three episodes, but it's like. I'm so far behind, like, I'm not going to watch all of this. And it wasn't, honestly, like, the first several episodes weren't interesting enough for me to want to watch 700 more of them. Yeah, I watched the first 10 one time. I watched them pretty much in one night, and I was like, I mean, okay. Like, I get that animes are going to start slow, obviously. You need to build to something. But if your stuff isn't interesting enough for me as a casual, potential casual fan of the show, it's not enough to hook me in the first few episodes, man. Like. I got other shit to watch. It's, it's a exactly. I was just about to say that. There's better stuff to watch. That now I, I do like, and I'm I'm sure I, Naruto Shippuden. I'm sure you 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 watched that. I think that I was, have not watched it, but I'm also I'm weird in that. I know I would love Naruto, but also when I look at Naruto, I've watched some episodes off and on. I probably watched like the first twenty episodes of it too. I look at Naruto and I'm like, dude, I remember when Dragon Ball did that. That was cool. And I can't stop oh, yeah, looking it's, at it through that lens. <laughs> it it, it de- well, it definitely, and again, that's that that also goes to the greatness of the series of Dragon Ball. Like I said, like there would be there would be no Naruto if there was no Dragon Ball before it. Damn like, right. Just flat out, like it just wouldn't because you can see the similarities. But I think, but but I'll, I'll honestly, um, between the two, I think that Naruto has a more has better writing overall. But there's not as much of it either. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's not nearly... There, well, there's a lot of it. I will say this, though. Like, towards... There is an arc of Naruto where it's like the Great Ninja War. I don't like that arc at all. Oh, really? I've, I have I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with some of the names of the arcs, and I've heard people yeah. rave about that arc. What don't you like about it? It's just like... It could have been very, a lot less of it. Like, you know, a lot of the episodes are just like, okay, why was... Like, what's... It just wasn't that... So I'll put it like this. Before the Great Ninja War, like so much was building up. You didn't really know what was going on. And I, it was just really fucking cool, man. Like it was just it was just cool. 
You know what I mean? Like what was going on, the story, what was happening. And again, Sasuke, he, between Naruto and Sasuke, he's so much better of a character. You know, Naruto is kind of like this, like, you know, he's kind of like Goku in the sense he, of... He's, yeah, he's, he's got the Goku orange on and all. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but uh, he has this, like, well, it's called a Chinchuriki, but he has, like, this evil, very powerful spirit inside of him, which is some of what makes him so powerful. And Sasuke is basically just, like, a, a badass who's, like, way smarter than Naruto. He's more of a skilled... Per- like, Naruto's just more, like, overall, like, way more power. But Sasuke is like a more intelligent, more cunning. He has more tricks up his sleeves. He has more at his disposal. They're kind of like the two most, they end up being the two most powerful, but they're very different. Sasuke's more realistic, like in terms of how his life affected him. Like his whole clan and, and his brother ended up killing his whole clan. And he ta- his brother Itachi, actually, uh, Itachi, I think, is probably maybe one of my favorite characters in all of anime and he's not in the show that much you know what i'm saying like so he's only what makes him stick out to you the fact that he murdered all these ninjas or is he just a kind of a badass like what's the deal well he he's the ultimate badass but there's a lot of things like the stuff flips with him so you think he's evil but he isn't you know what i'm saying like he kills his whole he kills there could have been other things that were done but basically uh, his clan is uh, the uchiha clan and they're very powerful, but they really ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're kind of just like, they're not that great. And they basically had this plot to take over the whole, like, city, the whole society, basically. So there were other ways that they could have dealt with that. But basically, it ended up being like, just kill all of them. <laughs> um, and uh, he ends up joining this organization called the Akatsuki. And the Akatsuki basically were like the ultimate antagonists of the whole show and then later which is some of kind of why i ended up not liking the great ninja war arc they kind of started doing too much you know what i'm saying like it was cool and then it was like no it's actually madara uchiha and then it wasn't just madara no it's lady uh what's it i don't even remember her name but you know there was just too much going i was like okay but uh the akatsuki was basically this uh group of rope ninjas belong to so like di- different villages so you had the hit the leaf village the, the 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 sand village and they belong to different nations so basically the ninja clans protected the nations hmm. okay that's, ba- that's basically what they did because not everybody in the ninja world had they call it um chakra they didn't have like all those ninja powers only some of them did people within the clans and the clans basically like the same thing with like you know how japanese and feudal times they would protect their art that's what the clans did but they protected each nation and so basically what the akatsuki was were like some of the most powerful ninjas from those villages who went rogue Okay. And they and, and basically the ninja world, the whole premise is the ninja world, which kind of which is why it was so good, because it kind of looks at like just what we do in the real world with war, like how. Peace at what cost, you know, some villages live in peace while others don't because of what, you know, these villages went through all these people who got killed and all these people who lost everything so that you could grow up in peace. 
And so basically, like, it's people like that who come together to basically they want to destroy the ninja world because in their eyes, all the ninja world does is create death and war and an endless cycle that basically can't be broken, which in a lot of ways is the That's truth the about world humanity. we live in. Yeah, it's, it's what it, it's not just the truth about humanity. Honestly, it's kind of life is always at war with itself. So we're just we're just a bit more socially sophisticated, but. But that's why kind of why the show is so interesting, because the premise of the Akatsuki was like, we want to destroy this ninja world so that we can make a better one, which is why you see why they actually were evil, because it's like, we're going to remake it in our image. But Yeah, we're going to um, burn everyone, every one of you motherfuckers down so that we can be in charge and do it our way. Even if so we Itachi, feel that way is better. It's like still pretty evil motive at the start, bro. Yeah. So, so Itachi was a member of the Akatsuki, but he actually was a double agent. He was reporting the Akatsuki's, like, but you didn't really know that until after, like, after he died. You know what I'm saying? You didn't know uh, that till long after he died. So, like, interesting. They, so he stayed present in the show, kind of like how you were talking about Frieza before he came back. He was present in the show even when he wasn't, but just, he's just so well-written. Yeah, his influences felt throughout, but just the fact that they could add that little detail after he's long gone from the show or the series, or whatever, and like retroactively make his character so much fucking cooler. You know what I mean? Like yeah. to him, for him to have the foresight to know not only to play both sides, but also how to play both sides. Like that, this, he sounds like a pretty badass character, man. I can see why you would like him. Because he, I mean, he was committing atrocities while, you know what I'm saying? Like, he had to go through that. And you found out, oh, this guy's actually, like, he was just, like, a loving, sweet kid, you know what I'm saying, who got sucked into all this shit, you know what I'm saying? And then, yeah. you know, so, but, um, but yeah, I think Itachi's probably one of my favorite uh, uh, characters of all time. And I'll say this, too, the fighting in Naruto the the Dragon Ball Z and Naruto, I think, have the best fighting out of like any show I've ever seen. Like the 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 way that they choreograph the fighting in Naruto is like, like it's 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 cool, man. Make makes Dragon Ball. It's a uh, yeah, the father or the grandfather, however you want to look at it, makes Dragon Ball proud. Yeah, like they're much more like I would say overall they're they're definitely more powerful than Dragon Ball because you know they're like blowing up planets and like you know what I'm saying like stuff like that in in the Dragon Ball series. But like, oh okay, I misunderstood you for a sec. I was like, holy shit, they blow up planets in Naruto? I don't think I've heard. Oh, no, about no, that. no, 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 <laughs> they're not that powerful. But Weird. they're like it's it's just very martial arts focused, which I guess a lot of anime is. But it's I th I think you I think you would like it. You kind of would have to watch Naruto first, which isn't as good is Naruto Shippuden, but you really could just watch Naruto Shippuden and not watch Naruto. Yeah, because it's like the slimmed down version. It's like Dragon Ball Z Kai is to Dragon Ball. It's like the canon only material or whatever. Well, well, Naruto basically is like Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball. It, so Naruto Shippuden is like Dragon Ball Z. And Naruto oh. is like Dragon Ball. That's basically what it is. So Naruto oh. is like their kids. And then in Naruto Shippuden, they're a bit older. And huh. time has gone by. And then we've got Boruto in today's world, which is like... I don't like Boruto. No. I I'm, actually... I've, I've tried, like, looking at some chapters of it. Like, the, the, the character design for Boruto himself, I look at him like, nah, I can see why yeah. you guys keep bringing in Naruto to this series. I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's basically like it's still the Naruto show. It, yeah. it, and I, honestly, I don't like... 
I like Baruto so little that that whole time I was talking about Naruto, I didn't think about it at all. You're like, trying to I separate it entirely, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's just I don't like Baruto at all. I think it's I think it's cheap. I think it's I think it's a cheap knockoff of of Naruto. It's like Naruto, but they're children. Like oh, okay, like yeah. You know I bet I'm you saying? half my audience is like, what the fuck did he just say? They get on my friend Rayshon right now. Rayshon does a lot of the manga reviews for me that I do each month, and he's we've done a bunch of shit together in the last couple of years. But he, on his own show, he does more, like, general anime stuff. But he fucking loves Boruto. And it comes out roughly on the same day as Dragon Ball does each month. So, like, I got to hear about it from him a little bit. Or he's just freaking out about how much he enjoyed it, loves it, or whatever. Um, we're kind of coming up on the, um, the next question I wanted to ask you, though, just sort of organically. Like, talking about what shonen anime is and, like, how it is, you know, heavily martial arts, influence stuff, whatever. It's become such a thing in the west over the last 25 to 30 years with i feel every race but for whatever reason and i want to get your thoughts about this because obviously you're a political contributor to the young turks you're a well-educated man like you know what you're talking about in this respect um why would you think or why do you think that dragon ball z showed an anime in general resonates so heavily with young black men and young Hispanic men, I have like this sort of theory about, especially with Dragon Ball Z, the theme of Dragon Ball Z is consistently overcoming adversity and always overcoming your upward limits and becoming better and stronger all the time. And I have a theory that that resonates specifically within those communities, but I wanted to know what your thoughts were on that. What do you think it is that they love about these series so much? Pretty much what you just said. I mean it, that that's that's pretty much it. You know what I'm saying? Like Hell long, yeah. long big story brain short, confirmed. But, I'm so happy that you but, just did that. Thank you. But but that that that's basically it. Especially like you said with Dragon Ball Z, because they're always working towards bettering themselves. And you know, when you look at a lot of black communities, often much of not necessarily whether it's true or not, you know, you'll think that your way out probably has something to do with physical activity. So like so many, especially my world, like, you know, I was an athlete. I'm still an athlete. You know, a lot of my friends went to, you know, were professional athletes. I had interest in other things overall, mainly. But, you know, like I grew up in that world and every, that's pretty much a lot of what it was. It was like they just represent strength and like they take losses, but they it's just a part of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not really like that big of a deal. It's like. It's just part of the game. It's like, you know, I box, I still box. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you get hit. Like, even when you win, you in there getting your ass kicked. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it is. So, like, and I think that's why it still resonates to this day. You know what I'm saying? Like, because it's like, it's just kind of, I think, you know, it really taps into part of, part of the, the, your just masculine nature. You know what I mean? Like, and especially, too, when uh, you are, uh, in, in a position to where you know you really have to work hard to make something of yourself, then I mean, I mean, what what better kind of entertainment role models are there? Yeah, you know right. what I mean? Like, like just natural inspiration when you you know tune into those stories and see that man Frieza just killed all this dude's fucking friends, but here he is still fighting on getting the crap kicked out of him for sixty episodes somehow. He overcomes still, like, as tiring and as exhausting as it was, Goku still gets up every goddamn day and does the thing. 
Yep. And 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 that and that's really it. And I, I think that's important too. You know what I mean? Like um it, it's uh I'm like I, that definitely was more inspirational to me than like anything in like the DC world or anything like that was. Um it's well it's it's very different too. You know what I'm saying? Like it's also very different. Like Batman's like a detective. You know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, it's like, and Superman is somebody who's like so America, pro America, and like I don't pro like good. <laughs> I mean, he can be boring. Uh, weirdly enough, I've said this at least a couple times this month, but uh, for those who don't know, Jackson included, I was almost named Cal, uh, like Cal L, Superman's Kryptonian name, yeah. but I, they just stuck me with Kyle instead. Way <laughs> fucking less cool name, but Superman's <laughs> right. like uh, the like the big blue Boy Scout part of Superman, like those types of characters even batman like doing stuff from the shadows and being real smart and really um advanced with his tech and his research and yes he's also skilled at like 50 different types of martial arts like those are just different types of characters or those characters affect you in different types of way than absolutely goofy, goofy ass goku who i don't know regular goku and like slice of life moments of dragon ball z it's like genuinely enjoyable for me to watch it's funny it brings me joy but at the same time, I can really enjoy that character in a completely opposite sort of circumstances back up against the wall and like still, I don't know, it just resonates with me more personally for whatever reason. Yeah, definitely. And again, especially in that way of just, you know, that, that something's got to keep you going forward. You know what I'm saying? Because until it's over, like we hear. So it's like, you know, like you're going you're gonna to wake up. So it's like you, you need that representation again. Like, for instance, like Batman. Batman's one of my favorite just characters, period. I think uh, he's very well written, especially the more adult stuff. Um, not necessarily like his relationships with, but like just like who he is as a character. You know what I'm saying? But again, it doesn't inspire. It doesn't inspire and motivate in the same way because it's not the same. You know, he's like, it's just a different type of entertainment. You know, it stimulates you differently. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was trying to think about it just now. I'm like, I just feel like I relate to Goku more. And then I'm like, wait a minute, dude, I got about as much in common with Goku as I do with Batman or Superman. That's strange. But I think that's what it is. It's like different type of entertainment, whatever resonates in your brain differently. And anime hits a lot of those boxes for people. So yep. um, cool, man. I'm thank you for uh, giving my my theory some validity. Like, I feel like. Oh, no, 100 percent. 100 percent. that's what i mean that's why we grown and we still we still rock with it you Hell know yeah. what i'm saying like definitely for sure but Onward. uh but yeah no nah, most of my most of you know again like no doubt dragon ball z is i mean isn't it the most successful anime series ever like by far i'm pretty sure like fiscally speaking yes worldwide at least because it's huge in the west it's huge in latin america it's no longer the most successful anime in japan i think that cake pretty much goes to one piece uh maybe demon slayer jujutsu kaisen is another one jujutsu kaisen have you seen jujutsu kaisen i have not that's why i can barely say the name <laughs> but I've i do seen, have friends I've seen who are some super of into it. it i've seen some of it and it's interesting but honestly it's another one of those yeah like uh, it's good but it's just not it's just not like it you know what i'm saying like it, it's it's just like it's a good show but it seems like something a very big company made like, well, we got all this money, all, well, let's just make it. It doesn't seem like a something that came out of somebody's soul. Well, that's you know modern day. Saying? That's modern day Dragon Ball, man. Like old Dragon Ball came out, and I think maybe it, I think this speaks to like 
the generational approaches to make an anime in Japan, but like Dragon Ball back then was such a spontaneous thing that Toriyama wrote every single week, week to week. He didn't really know where the story was going at any point in time. Flash forward to 2015, they're like, hey, we can put your name on this, Akira Toriyama. Sick. We have like a money printing machine now. And I think that that's, I mean, ultimately, it's always the goal, right? To make money. But when people go into make a series with the perspective of, I'm going to make this thing the biggest thing in the world. And I know how to do it because I've done it with a different with different animes and mangas in the past. It's like you're coming out of the factory without any soul. Like you were made for yeah. the soul express purpose to make us as much money as possible, not because you have a really good or interesting story to tell. And, and that's pretty much again like Jujutsu Kaisen. It's like again I haven't seen the whole thing, but basically the premise is like there's this old evil guy and he's trying to come back into the world through this other guy he's trapped inside of and like this kid's being held hostage by this organization he's working for like it's cool like again i haven't seen a ton of it but it's like it's cool like it's cool but it's just like a quick again that's what it feels like it feels like a franchise it's a franchise yeah like you know like it doesn't hook you you can't force something to hook you man either it does or it doesn't yeah so it just um and again, that's not to say it's not good because I like I enjoy watching it. You know what I'm saying? But like I haven't watched the episode of Jujutsu Kaisen in like two and a half weeks. You know, it's, and you're not worried about would... getting back to it, are you? You're like, no. oh, I'll get back to it when I get back to it. No, yeah, I'm not. I'm not really concerned about it. So, so yeah, no, I just uh, yeah, it, it it's it feels to me like just the same with Demon Slayer. It feels like something a very big company made because they have to make stuff. You ever watched My Hero Academia? I have seen that. Um, okay. Uh, well, that's like the only other podcast, or excuse me, only other anime I mostly cover on this podcast as well when that's in season. What are your thoughts on yeah. MHA? Um, I think that um, my favorite character, I think, is Bakugo. Pro- probably. I yeah, because he's the Vegeta Sasuke archetype. Like, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Um... I think I think I think it's pretty interesting. It's very entertaining. It's definitely very entertaining. Um, I but I watched it all the way through uh, up to I think I haven't seen some of the newer ones, but that's one of the I I, I kept watching it. And I think that there's uh you know the dynamic between um All Might and what's the the second strongest guy's name? The Fire. Oh, Endeavor. Yeah, Endeavor. That's an interesting dynamic too. You know what I'm saying? Because like Endeavor's kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. You know, but like, <laughs> but he's useful, but he's kind of like, you know what I mean? And like his relationship with his son and his family, um, you know, um, and then Bakugo's relationship with Deku. So there's some interesting stuff going on, but I think it, it's, it, it to, to me, the, the two greatest animes that in my mind are Dragon Ball Z and Naruto Shippuden. I think oh, those yeah. two by far and away are just the two like, man, like they just meant the most because it was just like when you when you first started naruto shippuden and it's like you go you're following the storyline it it has you hooked you know what i'm saying like it's good man that shit's cool i recommend it maybe i gotta i mean at the beginning of this i was thinking man full metal alchemist brotherhood i could probably squeeze in 30 or whatever but like if it's naruto shippuden 
Maybe I'll try that because I'm pretty sure I tried like the original Naruto and I was like, this is moving really slow. I mean, eight, ten Naruto episodes. Naruto Shippuden like, starts. Naruto Shippuden starts off pretty quickly because you're picking up like Naruto ends basically with Sasuke leaving the Leaf Village. Naruto tries to stop him from doing it. He leaves with this guy named uh, Orochimaru, who is basic. In Naruto, he's like the main antagonist, but then in Naruto Shippuden, he's not. But he he wants to basically take over Sasuke's body at some point. Creepy. So, sounded, sounded worse than you meant it, but I got what you meant. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. He's trying to basically because <laughs> that that's that's what Orochimaru does basically. He's He's very powerful, but he's very smart and he's like a scientist. So he's always trying to find ways to like make himself more immortal and more powerful and kind of to stay alive. He has to kind of keep switching bodies. Um, yeah, I think you hit on something in talking about MHA that I just wanted to underline. It's something I say all the time, but it kind of also speaks to like the genesis of this conversation and talking about how Dragon Ball is not like the best written thing in the world. And we're all aware of it. The thing that I've always loved about Dragon Ball, and it's always kept me interested, is exactly what you were just talking about. The character dynamics and different relationships that characters have with one another. And at any point in given, uh, at any given point in time within the story, it can change, you know, depending on which side of the fence a character's on, good or bad. Are they cool with Goku? Are they not cool with Goku? Whatever you want to say. But watching the characters interact for whatever reason, like Goku and Vegeta is the perfect example of it. I'll never get tired of watching those two go back and forth. Like, right. You know. he call, Vegeta calling him an idiot. Yeah. yeah. The only one calling him Kakarot. It's the Saiyan <laughs> odd. It's the Saiyan odd couple. Like literally yeah, right. it's, it's anime manga <laughs> odd couple. But like, I just, yeah. those character dynamics are always been, or has always been the things that have kept me interested in Dragon Ball for all its faults as a series or as a storytelling, uh, or as boring or as bland as some of the stories can feel sometimes. Uh, MHA, I think that is one of the things that really hooked me about it was like Endeavor and All Might. That's the coolest. Bakugo and Deku, another great example. Yeah. Todoroki and Deku, another really interesting dynamic. Like, I don't mm. know, man. I, I'm excited to see. I think it's season six starting, I believe, in October for MHA. So I'm excited for that, man. But um, I guess we'll see what happens in the future arc. Uh, I. We're recording this on Thursday night. It is uh, the 25th of August, okay? So, like I said, this is still technically an August episode, even if it does come out the first week of September. But uh, the reason I gave you the date is because earlier today, President Joe Brandon, uh, accidentally <laughs> maybe, but uh, he, he relieved a bunch of student debt, $10,000 a person, and... I'm somebody who doesn't have student debt. I made the decision to not go to college because I knew that I could I I couldn't deal with being straddled with two hundred thousand dollars in debt for probably would have been would have been a music degree if I'd gone to college out of high school. I'd at best case scenario be a music teacher right now. And I didn't you know, the cost benefit analysis didn't really line up, dude. So yeah. I say this is somebody who does not have student loans. I'm happy people are gonna get some relief on it, but I've just seen so much like bullshit <laughs> uh, yeah. responses in terms of like my own social media uh, ecos uh, ecosystems uh, people who are upset that because they paid off their loans or they didn't have to pause or defer during the pandemic they kept up with their payments they think it's fucked up that we're now all gonna be on the hook for 
all this free education, all $10,000 on top of it. So I wanted to get your thoughts on it and kind of help my help me understand better and also my audience understand better why this is a beneficial thing for us uh, as a country. Well, overall, um, first and foremost, there's much more debt going on than just student loan debt. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's general household debt, there's credit card debt, um, and a lot of corporate debt. Um, despite all the tax breaks they get, despite all uh, the breaks they get in general, um, there's just debt going all around. One of the problems with the student loan debt is that it's not being paid off. And people's educations, unless it's more in like a traditional field, and I didn't finish school either. I made it work. But there's still definitely benefits of having a degree. You know what I'm saying? Especially if it's within certain fields. Now, if you want to be like a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer, then that's kind of something that's, you know, you, you need a degree for that. But, um, you know, a lot of people obviously are getting degrees and they come out and they can't necessarily get a job that matches it. And a lot of that is because the education system doesn't really prepare people for the modern job market or the future job market. So I say all that to say we're accumulating debt that really serves no purpose. Like there's no, it's just like an endless pile that's just going to continue to grow. Because just, the I'm sorry, it just functions as a ball and chain to keep people subservient in their jobs, paying their shit each month. That's my they, theory anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 how it functions. You know what I'm saying? That That's how it functions, again, because the education system as a whole really hasn't been updated in a very long time. So again, like we live in a gig economy. We live in a, contra a contractor's economy. M pretty much most of the money I make is through, con you know, the contractual situations. Same here. You know what I mean? So it, it's it's not. The, the education system, again, since it doesn't tailor people to that overall. It's just accumulating all this debt. So long story short, if people, if it's just 10,000, I'll say more of what the bill does now, but even if it's just $10,000 less, let's say you're someone who has $50,000 of student loan debt, that's $10,000 less. That could be three years less of paying that you have to pay, which automatically means that you can put more money into the economy for a variety of reasons, whether it be buying more goods, whether it be buying more assets, putting your kids through school. And then, you know, the whole inflation argument's nonsense because people haven't been paying their student loan debt since March 20th of 2020. There you go. That's a great people point. I mean, it, it's, and it's really the only point that needs to be made about that. So you, you got to keep in mind too, anytime anything remotely beneficial is done for the general public, they're going to have their special interest corporate economist douchebags come on tv and say helping people is bad so you know again the whole notion of you know if people stop paying some of their student loan debts it's gonna you know rise inflation oh well genius what about the last two years where nobody's paying their student loan debts and the fact that inflation's high mainly because of the supply chain crisis because nobody manufactures things domestically inflation is happening all over the world not just here yeah, supply chain issues that are exacerbated by the idea that the U.S. Postal Service has been fucking gutted in favor of privatization and that system of and, and that just that's just here in America. Never mind all of the external factors outside of our country. Like it's a fucking yep. mess for shipping right now, man. Yeah. So again, you know, just in general, uh, the argument about oh, this is going to hurt the economy. That's BS. If it was it, it, so, outside of that, again, the argument of oh, well, I, I pay. 
if your argument is that I paid my student loan debt, so why should anybody else not have to? It's really just not a good argument. It's not a serious argument either. You know what I'm saying? It's like childish. Oh, oh, it's it's very childish uh, because uh, first and foremost, you know, uh, there was a time when women couldn't vote and then they could. So what are the women who like, well, you know, it was five years ago that, you know, none of us could vote. Now you could like, it's basically the same concept. So what, there should be no progress just because at one point things couldn't happen. So, and, and so, and honestly, it's obsolete. It doesn't matter. So that's like an the, argument anal that's the analogy I heard on that, that I really luck and it resonated with me was, oh, they, they eradicated cancer. Oh man, I had to go through cancer right. treatment. Like I had to pay for my cancer treatment. Like it's fucked up Perfect. that I had to go through cancer and now that they have this treatment for it. What's that? Perfect. Exactly. And again, the truth is, is like, especially as someone who works in politics, like that's something that I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even entertain that argument. I like, I wouldn't have it with someone because it doesn't matter. And two, like it, it when it comes to politics, it's about get those W's or not. You know what I'm saying? So like for all the people that this is going to benefit, that's really what's more important. So it's like, there's much less people making that argument that, oh, I paid my debt. There's that. Yeah. That's really not that, you know. So, again, that's another reason why it's like, oh, OK, you can make that argument, but it really don't mean nothing. Yeah, it's not super common. Yeah. So basically what 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 Biden did is for anybody who makes uh, up to one hundred twenty five thousand dollars a year or households that make up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars will be forgiven. Uh, if you have a Pell Grant, then up to $20,000 is forgiven. Um, once student loan payments restart in December, um, before, before this, uh, people had to pay 10% of their student loans every month. So they like had 10% of their income each month towards student yeah. loans? Or Oh, geez. Yes, exactly. They Jeez. had to pay 10% of their incomes. Now it's 5%. So... Which is so, helpful. I mean, I don't think it's the big, biggest thing they could have done. I mean, I think oh, a lot no. of people were expecting like a higher amount overall, but the the ten percent cap versus a five percent cap that's got to be huge for some people. Oh, definitely. And and I think overall it's important to note that Biden ran on ten thousand dollars. He didn't run on fifty thousand. He didn't run. You know what I mean? So there's always you know there's always room for more. The the, the thing about political involvement is always better candidates. You know what I'm saying? Like at whatever level of government it is. So, um, but yeah, so that's basically what, what, uh, what it is, you know? And again, it's $10,000 for people that could be years less of that loan they have to pay, which ultimately means more money in their pockets to do all types of stuff. So like from, I worked in the mortgage world for like seven or eight years and Shit's a little traumatic sometimes, but I tend to think about these types of transactions of like as like a refinance almost because uh, I did a lot of refinancing of mortgages. Right. So if I were the person in charge of this, I would do something to the effect of like, you know, remove that ten thousand dollar budget or excuse me, ten thousand dollar credit to somebody's uh, balance. And then you would refinance it into either a longer term or more favorable term. Do they do anything in terms of interest rates? Because. Interest rates on privately owned loans, man, like that shit can be pretty ridiculous. Any any word on that? I wasn't sure. Um, other than um, 
the percentage change, I'm not sure that off the top of my head. I don't know if the interest rate changed. That wasn't like highlighted in anything specific that I saw. So if it did, then it, that's probably going to be some type of variable thing, depending on your situation. Um, but in terms of like any of the main stuff that the bill does, I didn't see anything in regards to that. So, um, I mean, just so, I mean, the fucked up thing about higher education in this country is, I mean, yeah, a, that we pay for it, but also that 18 years old, like I, I I'm 33 now and I still don't ever really think I know what I really want to do. Never mind asking that question to an 18 year old who just finished the 12th grade and like, yeah, you have to go to college. Like it's ingrained in people in the system to like make sure they go to higher education or else their their lives will amount to nothing or whatever it is, whatever boo, uh, whatever scary stories they tell the kids. Right. And then they're like, Oh, by the way, here's $200,000 in debt. Good luck paying that for the rest of your right. life. Good luck filing bankruptcy. Cause that shit's not going anywhere. It's, yep. it's a mind blowing concept to me, the privatized education, higher education in this country. Um, Jackson, you have been so uh, welcoming and, and um, fuck dude. I, don't know what word I'm looking for right now, but um, shit, I just had an absolute plank. I we had such a good down. conversation, man. You just don't know what to say. That's all it is. I really man. don't. I mean, I just <laughs> learned a lot. I learned a lot about you. I learned a lot about anime from you. Um, and I do love and respect your work that you do at Rebel HQ and, and the Young Turks. Um, I'm not very good at pitching other content creators sometimes because I'm like, I like them because of this. But if you had to tell my audience uh, what it is you do, uh, more generally speaking, what, what is it that you do? Well, um, I guess in a lot of ways, like you, I've kind of I've done a lot. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm ultimately in my place in politics. I'm a political analyst. But before I started working with TYT, I started a company called Politoscope. And basically what we do is we help people connect to legislation in Congress and candidates running for office. So you can see like who voted for what bill, what that bill means. We help people donate money to campaigns, keep up with new stuff like that. That's awesome. I did not realize that you started that company. That's so fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. So, so that's 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 how I got into politics, which opened the door for me to work for TYT. You know, like in terms of the resume. And before that, I mean, I I, I organize music shows. I've done all types of stuff, but um, I work with campaigns. And basically, with TYT, what I do is uh, with Rebel HQ. That's a channel where it's really like a lot of reaction videos to stuff that's going on throughout the country. Um, a lot of it's entertainment. Um, but then throughout the TYT network, I co-host on a variety of their shows. So I do stuff with John. I had a role on the damage report. Like you said, I'm on with Dr. Rashad Ritchie out of Atlanta. He's on indisputable. I'm he's on there the coolest all the time. Student. He's the coolest dude in the world, isn't he? He's every time I turn my head, he getting an award from the white house and shit like, or a street named after him. Like literally, like yeah. I'm not exa- like literally like he's, but he's, yeah, he's really the man. He really is. Uh, Shout he, out to Dr. Richie, man. We appreciate you. Yeah, he's cool as hell. I was on with him earlier, actually. Yeah, you, yeah had a no, good, you had a good take about how people go their whole lives, but never get their ass about uh, yeah. 70, 80 years no, old. Man, that, that, no, that's true, man. Because all, all, all of them, you know, it's like some of what teaches us how to navigate in certain areas is because we didn't been beat down in some type of way, whether, whether it's from your parents, you know what I'm saying? Or it's just from something you really shouldn't have did when you were younger and you, you, you know, like you, 
got thumped around a little bit in some type of way, whether that be physically or about life. But yeah, no. So that was the whole thing with that. Yeah. I mean, people don't experience consequences enough for their stupid behavior. Basically that consequences, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, um, but yeah, I'm on with, uh, J.R. Jackson, J.R. Jackson, um, on the watch list. And then I co-host on the regular show. So in a lot of ways, I'm just kind of becoming more immersed into the, uh, political commentary space which I think is nice because not just not, and I'm not saying that just like for me to be in it because it's been a good opportunity, but I think that um, as my profile continues to grow and the other types of skills that I have and other types of things I'd like to do, I think I can, um, without a doubt, um, I think I relate to people in a lot of ways that I just feel com- like people are comfortable with. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, the the things that I've been through, the life I've lived, the stuff I talk about. I, I mean, you've seen I'm t- I talk about dating and the dating market and shit all the time. Like I, just general stuff we all go through. Like I'm not like a pent up, you know. Like I, I get I get fly, I get fresh. Don't get me wrong. You know what I'm saying? I know how to put a suit on, but I'm you know I'm just a regular person. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I'm and I think uh, uh, the culture that that the side of the culture that we're on, I think there's still a lot of those people that are kind of still tiptoeing their way into the political process. And I think, you know, kind of being somebody who can relate to a little bit of everybody and also being somebody that people can follow in a lot of ways um, for a lot of different things. And I follow other leaders for for things. You feel me? Like leaders follow leaders. Um, so I'm, you just said a couple of things that I absolutely love, but I think the important thing for a guy like you to remember is doing what you're doing in the political commentary space is not only raising your profile like we're talking about, it's just going to give you so many more different opportunities because, yes, people will know who you are, but also they'll know that you're a pretty cool dude, like pretty easygoing. You make people feel at ease for the most part. Like there's no reason for somebody to not like you that I can see. So as you get more of those opportunities, man, you're only going to continue to ascend up the ladder in this world. And, and thus being able to do a whole lot of help and a whole lot of change making, which is what I'm seeing more and more. It's just like the more I get involved, the more I work in politics, the more like my view of everything changes in terms of like what needs to be done, how it needs to be done, um, how I can go about it in my place within it. You know what I mean? So like you're saying, like, as I, as I do, continue to get more opportunities you know my plan is to give you not not even just from his perspective of to just give back but to like do do with the power that i'm given like not just like be another jackass who's popular you know yeah, what i'm saying affect like, positive change man that's yeah. the fucking goal all the time every yeah. time exactly you know not just be another one of these guys who's like oh look at me because that's only gonna last for so long anyway you know what i mean so yeah man yeah this has been a, a really fun conversation. Uh, Jackson, where can people check out your stuff? I'll look it up in the show notes, but in case people don't like to open up the show notes, where can people find your stuff? Oh, yeah. Uh, you can check out uh, Rebel HQ. Um, you can just follow them on YouTube. I do videos Monday through Friday. You can follow me on Twitter, Slim Fit Chacho. Um, that's my Twitter. I don't talk as much stuff on Twitter because, you know, Twitter is uh, not necessarily the best place to talk about much of anything. Cesspool, dude. I hate Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, not, it's really not the best place to talk about much of anything. Um, but, yeah, no, you can check me out there. And, yeah, man, it's, it's really it, I've had a great time talking with you. Time flew by. I think it's been a really cool conversation. And again, I, I really look forward to being involved in more conversations like this because 
you know, uh, it's areas like this that I think impact our lives and shape who we are in interesting ways that people overlook. You know what I mean? And this shit's cool too, man. Like this shit is, it's cool as hell. Not only does it make us better people, but it also is cool as hell. (laughs) Right. It's cool as hell, man. This shit's cool. So yeah, man, I'm definitely looking forward to just uh, continuing to build with you and doing more shit, cool shit with you in the future. Let's do it, man. Uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood or Naruto Shippuden. Those are the two that I'm going to sample a little bit and see if I can maybe we'll do like an arc review on one of them or something like that in the future. All right. Sounds good, man. I think you'll like both of them. Definitely Naruto Shippuden. It's it's, it's as popular as it is for a reason. You know what's well, funny, let me man? not say that. Let me not say that because <laughs> yeah, let me not say that because there's some really bad popular stuff. So. That's yeah. true. Uh, you know, I I've never really talked about Naruto on the show. Five years, like 280 ish episodes, and mm-hmm. so many of my listeners are gonna love that we just spent a good chunk of this episode talking about Naruto, man. So thank you for making that possible for me. And oh, uh, yeah. if you guys enjoyed the show, make sure you rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This one, there's a video on YouTube. If you want to go check it out, it's youtube.com slash Dragon Ball. Super dope. And uh, we'll see you next week. Jackson, appreciate you, dude. Talk soon. Yeah, we talked about Naruto today. <laughs> All right, my brother. I'll talk to you later.